This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. In the House impeachment inquiry, Democrats are looking into one main question, whether President Donald Trump used his office to extract political favors from Ukraine. Since the White House released a rough transcript of a call between Trump and the Ukrainian president, it's been clear that Trump asked a foreign leader to investigate his political rivals. But what Democrats are still trying to figure out is whether Trump pressured Ukraine to carry out those investigations in exchange for something. Specifically, in exchange for a meeting at the White House and military aid. And yesterday, there was a significant development in that investigation. There was absolutely explosive testimony on Capitol Hill today. The congressional impeachment inquiry now has critical new evidence tying President Trump to possible abuse of power. This time it was acting ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor. Taylor delivered a 15-page opening statement that stunned the room. Today on the show, what Bill Taylor's testimony could mean for the impeachment inquiry and what it says about a possible quid pro quo. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, October 23rd. Yesterday, in 15 pages of written testimony delivered to the House, a top U.S. diplomat named Bill Taylor raised concerns about President Trump's dealings with Ukraine. So this was an incredibly dense statement based, we're told by Democratic lawmakers, on notes that he took contemporaneously while he was in this job. And the gist of this statement is that he understood there to be a quid pro quo. Rebecca Ballhouse covers the White House for The Wall Street Journal. Bill Taylor lays out two aspects of the president's office that he used to pressure Ukraine to undertake these investigations. Number one, a White House meeting with Zelensky, and number two, the nearly $400 million in aid to Ukraine that the president ordered a hold on in July. So I understand Bill Taylor has served in every administration, Republican and Democrat, since 1985. So can you tell us a bit more about him and how he ended up in this job? Bill Taylor served as the ambassador to Ukraine from 2006 to 2009, and he had since left the government. But this spring, he was called back when the president ordered the removal of the previous ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch. And Bill Taylor is brought in after she's removed. Mm -hmm. And he lays out a condition under which he would stay in this job. That's right. He tells Secretary of State Mike Pompeo that he will take the job, but that he can only be effective if the U.S. policy of, quote, strong support for Ukraine, unquote, continues, and if he has the backing of the secretary to implement that policy. And in Bill Taylor's testimony, he starts out by talking about whether that condition that he set up, which was that the U.S.-Ukraine policy should stay the same, whether that was really met. He says in his opening statement that once he returned to Kiev in Ukraine, 
He, quote, discovered a weird combination of encouraging, confusing, and ultimately alarming circumstances. What are some of those circumstances that he's talking about? So the first thing that he uncovers when he arrives in Kiev is that there seems to be two different channels through which uh, U.S. foreign policy towards Ukraine is being conducted. The first one is the regular one, he says, which is through the State Department and the U.S. Embassy there. And he says that this is sort of consistently how it's been since 1991. The second one he calls the irregular channel. The regular channel consists of Taylor himself. He's the top diplomat in Ukraine and his colleagues at the State Department. The irregular channel is a group of U.S. officials that includes the U.S. ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, and the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. What is Bill Taylor's impression of this irregular channel that gets set up? His understanding of this channel is that they sometimes loop him in, but often operate without him. And that there is obviously an unusual aspect, which is that Rudy Giuliani seems to be driving, or at least a part of, a lot of what they're discussing. Giuliani, who's not an official part of government. Giuliani is the president's personal lawyer who he hired to represent him in the Mueller investigation. Did this worry Bill Taylor? He certainly finds this odd that there are these dual channels that are both sort of working at the same thing, but trying to do it in very different ways. Mm -hmm. But he's not initially as alarmed as he later gets. The reason Taylor says he wasn't initially alarmed is because, based on what he saw, the two channels were serving the same goal, a strong U.S.-Ukraine partnership. But he writes that it, quote, became clear to me by August that the channels had diverged in their objectives. As this occurred, I became increasingly concerned. There are three moments that appear to be key to Taylor's concern that there may have been a quid pro quo over investigations that would help Trump politically. The first moment happened after Taylor heard about a meeting from national security officials. It was a mid-July meeting that involved Ukrainian officials, National Security Advisor John Bolton, and EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland. Taylor says that was when it became clear to him that a meeting between Ukrainian President Zelensky and President Trump was conditioned on Ukraine publicly announcing two investigations, one into an energy company that Joe Biden's son was on the board of, and the other was a claim that Ukraine had interfered in the 2016 election on behalf of Democrats. So the first major moment we get in this testimony is uh, the first time that we hear that there's a connection between the investigations that the president wants and an Oval Office meeting that Zelensky wants. And the person making this connection is Gordon Sondland. And Bolton grows so irritated by Sondland connecting investigations to this Oval Office meeting that he abruptly ends the meeting, directs his deputy to brief the lawyers, and refers to the arrangement as a, quote, drug deal. Wow, he calls it a drug deal. So, in other words, it seems that Bolton is upset at the notion that a White House meeting between the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, and Donald Trump appears to be predicated on the Ukrainian government investigating things that may be beneficial to Donald Trump politically. That's certainly the impression we're given. The second moment took place on July 18th, when Bill Taylor participated in a video conference call. 
This was the first time he heard that the U.S. may be withholding military aid for Ukraine. So he's in a conference call with an official from the Office of Management and Budget, and they say both that aid has been withheld and that the directive had come from the president to the chief of staff of OMB. Taylor says that in that instant, I realized that one of the key pillars of our strong support for Ukraine was threatened. And that this directive came from the president himself. Right. Taylor wrote in his testimony that as soon as he heard that the $400 million of military aid to Ukraine was going to be withheld, he and others on the call, quote, sat in astonishment. He says it was astonishing to him because the Ukrainians were dependent on U.S. aid and support in their fight against the Russians. Without that aid, he wrote that Ukrainians would undoubtedly die. But Taylor was still trying to fully understand why USA to Ukraine was being held up. At this point, Taylor still doesn't understand that aid is tied to investigations. He just understands that there is this hold on aid, and that really alarms him because he's sort of come into this job saying that he's going to only serve in that role if the longstanding U.S. policy towards Ukraine continues. And this looks like it's changing. Taylor writes that he finally put it all together last month in September when he heard from an official from the National Security Council, or NSC, about a phone call that EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland had had with a Ukrainian official. In early September, this is when Taylor really starts to understand that there is this link between investigations, aid, and a White House meeting. So he hears that Sondland has had a conversation with a top aide to Zelensky, in which Sondland tells this aide that the security assistance money that the U.S. is holding up to Ukraine is not going to come until Zelensky commits to pursuing an investigation specifically into Burisma Group, which is a Ukrainian gas company where Joe Biden's son sat on the board. And he says that this is the first time that he's hearing that this security assistance is contingent on these investigations. And that's also the moment where Taylor sends this text message to Sondland that we heard a lot about a couple of weeks ago, where Taylor says, quote, are we now saying that security assistance and a White House meeting are conditioned on investigations? That's right. And what Sondland responds to that is that Trump has told him that he wants Zelensky to publicly say that Ukraine will investigate not only this company where Biden's son worked, but also allegations of Ukrainian interference in the 2016 U.S. election. Mm -hmm. And Sondland also tells him that he realizes that he made a mistake by telling the Ukrainians that a White House meeting with Zelensky was dependent on Zelensky announcing these investigations because he realizes that, quote, everything is dependent on such an announcement, including the security assistance. And then Bill Taylor and Ambassador Sondland talk again on September 8th, and Ambassador Sondland tries to sort of explain President Trump's thinking. Right. So at this point, Taylor is upset, and he's expressed, we've seen the text messages that he sent about this, saying it's crazy to hold up aid over a political matter. Uh, and he again here pushes Sondland to sort of push back on the president. And the way that Sondland explains it to Taylor is that he says that, quote, Trump is a businessman. When a businessman is about to sign a check to someone who owes him something, the businessman asks that person to pay up before signing the check. Taylor then argues that this does not make any sense, that the Ukrainians don't owe the president anything, and that holding up security aid for domestic political gain is a crazy move, as he also puts in a text message. 
Right. And this is also the exchange where Sondland tells Taylor that President Trump told him there was no quid pro quo. But in any event, in light of everything that Taylor saw over the summer, what does Taylor say his conclusion is? I mean, a couple days later, the aid is lifted, so that matter is solved. But his conclusion is that there was, without a doubt, a tie between the president's interest in having Ukraine announce these investigations and his decision to hold up aid, which is something that Trump has repeatedly denied in the last couple of weeks. After Taylor testified, Democrats called the testimony damning and explosive. One Democrat said Taylor's testimony produced a lot of sighs and gasps in the room. Republicans downplayed it. One Republican said there was nothing new here. And at the White House... The president has been pretty visibly frustrated about this investigation. We can see that on his Twitter feed alone and in his media appearances. I think he feels like he just went through an investigation and is now uh, having to go through another one. And he continues to claim that he sees absolutely nothing wrong in what he did in his phone call with Ukraine. In response to Taylor's testimony, the White House said President Trump has done nothing wrong and that there was no quid pro quo. But today, Republicans made a new move on Capitol Hill. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. Welcome back. To understand the reaction to Bill Taylor's testimony, we called our congressional reporter, Siobhan Hughes. Hello? Hey, Siobhan, it's Ryan. Oh, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, what's up? Um, do you have a couple minutes to fill us in on what's going on? We're just talking about the reaction to the Bill Taylor testimony. Oh, yes, let's do it. Great. So... Siobhan, we've seen Democrats call the Bill Taylor testimony damning and explosive. What has been the response from Republicans? So Republicans so far are giving no quarter to the Democratic arguments. And what they have been doing is focusing primarily, again, on the process, largely that the depositions are occurring behind closed doors in very small rooms so that even all the members of the three impeachment committees can't get in. And today, Matt Gates, a Florida Republican who is very close to Donald Trump, tried to barge his way in, even though he's not on one of the three relevant committees. Because if behind those doors they intend to overturn the results of an American presidential election, we want to know what's going on. We're going to go and see if we can get inside. So let's, uh, let's see if we can get in. 
the way Democrats see it is that Republicans can't win on substance. The substance is too damaging. And so their best recourse right now is to focus on process. And everything is now at a standstill. And have any Republicans responded to the substance? Privately, I am told that this is not going to be enough to move Republicans. And it's because Bill Taylor doesn't have the sterling Republican credentials that would prompt Republicans to move. Even though he has served under Republican administrations, he was an ambassador appointed by George Bush. Um, For an Alexander Butterfield moment, you're going to need somebody different. An Alexander Butterfield moment? Yeah, so this is what some Republicans are starting to talk about. Alexander Butterfield was an aide in the Nixon administration, and he was the Republican who basically said there were tapes. Nixon taped everything. And that's when things started to turn in the Nixon impeachment hearings. And so if there's going to be a pivot point for Republicans, it's going to have to be somebody besides Bill Taylor coming forward. I see. So there's no sign at this moment that any Republicans are splitting from the president after this. Not publicly. Mm-hmm. Not publicly. Privately, I think there's trepidation, but nobody wants to break ranks publicly. And before I let you get back to the Capitol, can you sort of describe what the mood is around there? Tense, tense, tense. Um, you know, Democrats think that the testimony that they have heard is explosive. Republicans are in DEFCON 2, if not DEFCON 1. And I think that's part of why you saw the blow up today with Matt Gates trying to, to barge in. Siobhan, thank you so much. Sure thing. Thanks a lot. You're awesome. Thank you. Okay, bye. That's all for today, Wednesday, October 23rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.